Thank you, John. Thank you, Tom. And uh, thank you, Joshua Sarita, who is uh, running our tech here this morning for Facebook Live, for serving our church. And uh, thank you, Christ Community, for all of you. Um, we miss you. We miss being in your presence. Um, hope you're enjoying uh, worship, uh, potentially in your pajamas this morning. Um, and we're so thankful to God for you. Love uh, building Christ Community Church together with you. It's a glorious privilege, isn't it? Well, we're going to read uh, this morning from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 20, the uh, scripture that I read for the call to worship this morning. And um, I'll be referring back to that scripture throughout this sermon. And um, But as we look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, 1 through 20, let's, for the beginning part, read verses 1 through 7. Um, and repeat those so that we have those fresh in our minds before we pray. So 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. Would you please read God's word together with me with your Bibles open, uh, your phones out, and let's enjoy the word of God together. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies for the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that our cry comes to your ears. Thank you that in the midst of these uncertain times where many people, both unbeliever and even believers, uh, can be filled with fear at the uncertainties of things like the coronavirus Lord, and the uncertainties that things like that bring. Lord, we thank you that we have a rock. We thank you that we have you and that you're certain and you're stable and you can never be moved and you can never be touched by something like the coronavirus. Nothing can ever dethrone you. You are awesome in power, majestic in glory. And we pray, Lord, that as we hear your word this morning preached, Holy Spirit, Touch everybody who's hearing this message and fill them with your presence. Lord, if there's somebody who hears this message and they're not born again and saved, would you please open up their hearts to believe in Jesus and repent of their sins and trust in Christ and be born again so they do not need to fear death any longer. We pray that you would bless all of us and feed us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to look at two points this morning. Number one is Yahweh hears me. And number two is Yahweh rescued me. 
And so the first point is Yahweh hears me. And as we look at Yahweh hears me, I want to let you know just by way of the context here, the year is about 995 BC, 995 years before Christ. Uh, King David is uh, enjoying his reign. And we get a sense of the context here in verses one and two, where it says, and David spoke to the Lord, the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies. And so we think that that most likely is referring to second Samuel chapter 10, um, right after David defeats all of his enemies and he gets peace on all sides. And he actually has uh, freedom now from the oppression of King Saul who had, who had died, and now he was free from that oppression, and now he was free from all sides around, from all the nations surrounding Israel as well. And he lifts up this praise to the Lord. We think this is the context in which uh, this, this uh, psalm, it's actually parallels with Psalm 18 as well, Second Samuel 22 does. And so that's a bit of the context here this morning. Um, just by way of opening illustration, you know, it struck me this week, as mostly all major sports events came to a grinding halt along with the arts and anything involving groups of people that the sports talk people on the radio were talking about Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant, NBA basketball players from the past. And they were debating if Iverson should be mentioned in the same sentence with Kobe Bryant in terms of greatness they had nothing current to talk about. And so the topic of sports past was what they had to work with, which felt dead and irrelevant in the midst of such a current pressing matter as the coronavirus updates. So as time went along, sports radio began to dedicate its time to talking about the coronavirus and taking calls where knowledge was gained about the virus and People also shared about their fears about how it might spread and grow. This was on Sports Talk Radio. Uh, they had to adapt their programming in order to meet the needs of the culture. They also took calls where people expressed their spiritual soul trouble um, that had arisen inside of them in connection with fears for themselves and loved ones concerning the coronavirus. And just a, a brief aside in the midst of those who are struggling with fears related to the coronavirus, um, unbelievers have every right to fear death because this life is all they have. Um, and we as Christians, whether we look at the coronavirus and we, we're fearful of it or tempted toward fear or anxiety, or whether we as believers are tempted on the other spectrum to think they're making a big deal out of this. Why are they making such a big deal out of this? It really... Uh, falls upon us as believers to have pity and compassion on the lost for the struggles and fears and the panic that they have and to pray for them that they might be saved. Let us be filled with pity and compassion in our hearts and let us also, all of us, look to Christ because he alone is our hope. I was listening to a caller calling the Sports Talk Radio and, and this, this grown man was just saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for me and uh, my children, and he was talking about uh, the coronavirus on Sports Talk Radio, and Sports Talk Radio was talking about the coronavirus. They weren't talking about sports because they had nothing to talk about with the NCAA double to uh, NCAA tournament being canceled. So what was striking me as I was listening to this was 
the word of God is always alive. It's always, it's always relevant to current events. It's always vital for the times and it's always vital and relevant for the moment. It never needs to be updated and the programming of the word of God does not ever need to be changed because it is exactly what everyone needs at all times. The word of God often goes ignored when we have nothing more to worry about than whether our sports team is doing well or not. But when there is a mass threat to the population's health and consequential matters like the fear of death arise, sports loses its meaning and its relevance real quickly. But the word of God is always alive. It's always relevant. It's always living and active as Hebrews 4 talks about. So in times of calamity, and crisis, and culture-wide fear. Things like sports move into the background, and they are canceled, and they are ignored for a while. Like if you remember 9-11, the same thing happened for a while. But a great need for the Word of God and the gospel of Christ being proclaimed arises. Sports and the arts give us a sense of normalcy. But that normalcy can sometimes numb us during those normal times from thinking about things that matter eternally like our own souls. But calamity arises and distress arises as David talks about here in verses 1 through 7. And they serve like a wake-up alarm clock to our souls, forcing us to think about what we don't want to think about, matters like life and death, about God, about our relationship with God, and the need for the word of God is great. So brothers and sisters, be on the alert to make every use of every opportunity that the Lord gives to you to proclaim the word over this next season and let us watch God work. The word of God is always living and active. It's always there to meet the bad breaking news with life-giving perspective and hope. The word of God, as the book of Acts says, is not bound. We might feel confined and even imprisoned over the next number of weeks with our normal busy schedules. God's slowing us all down so that we might fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us savor that and enjoy our times with our friends and families that the Lord brings around us relax and enjoy and, 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 and receive it. Receive some of you the rest that the Lord intends. Sit down and relax and watch a movie with your family and enjoy that and receive it from the Lord. But know that the word of God during this time where mankind can be bound, the word of God is never bound. It cannot be stopped as people listen to it and read it from their beds or their couches at home or their kitchen tables over coffee and breakfast like you may be even right now. Even as churches are closed from their normal services today, take heart, church. The word of God goes forth, amen, and accomplishes all that God desires. The gospel is never quarantined. Jesus building his church is never canceled. 
all over the world, the good news of the gospel is bearing fruit and growing right now. First Thessalonians says, as it has been from the day of Pentecost until now, and as it will continue until the day Jesus returns, and nothing can or will stop its proclamation to the ends of the earth. Fruits of man's fall into sin, like the coronavirus, even with all of Satan's scheming for evil behind it, only serve God's good purposes on this earth, as John reminded us in his exhortation and Tom reminded us in worship this morning. The fear stirred up in the hearts of man during this time. Take heart. It's going to lead many to fall on their knees in repentance and faith to Jesus. Pray for that. Join us in prayer for that, that Christ might be glorified. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. The gates of Hades, the abode of the dead, will not overcome it. The word of God's not bound. The gospel's never quarantined. Jesus building his church is never canceled. It's all going forward according to his plan. Now, that was just an introduction. And I want to get a little bit deeper into point one here and encourage your hearts directly from the word with Yahweh hears me. When you see in 1B the phrase from David, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. We see there in all caps the word Lord, which we've studied in our Seeing Christ in All of Scripture series throughout the Old Testament here. Now we're in 2 Samuel chapter 22, enjoying Seeing Christ in All of Scripture together with you. The word Lord in all caps refers to Yahweh or Jehovah, and it refers to he is from Exodus chapter three. I am who I am. The pre-existent God, the self-existent God, 6,283 times the word Lord in all caps is mentioned in scripture. It's about his pre-existence. It's about his self-existence. In other words, this is a God. This is a being who is not touched or shaken by viruses or troubled times. This scripture here today is meant to lift all of our gaze to a higher plane and encourage all of our hearts this morning that our God is intensely strong and he is the uncreated one, the self-sufficient one, self-existent, pre-existent. And brothers and sisters, let us be encouraged That when it says here twice in verses 1 and 2, number 1, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer, my God. And then it's repeated again, my rock in whom I take refuge. Flesh and blood is weak. Flesh and blood, fallen flesh and blood especially, are frail. Flesh and blood can be touched by contagion. Flesh and blood can be touched by viruses and get sick and die. But he's the rock of ages. And there's no threat to his rule and his reign. He's a rock. Rock is untouched by viruses. And yet we see him here described as our rock of protection, David's fortress, his 
deliverer. And indeed, this, this section here, when we titled the message this morning, the Lord, my deliverer, because he is, look at all these protection words and, and take this to heart this morning as you're processing these times. He's your shield. He's my shield, David says. In Psalm 3, the Lord says, You, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Knowing that God is our shield will help lift our head and encourage our hearts. He's the horn of our salvation. I love that phrase. My stronghold and my refuge. There's that word again. Refuge is somewhere where we can run and be safe. We can run to our rock and be safe this morning. And we can call out to him because Yahweh hears us. He's also described here as, David says, my savior. You saved me from violence. And certainly he had been pursued by King Saul and hunted by him throughout King Saul's reign. Ever since he killed Goliath, Saul pursued David with jealousy unto death and yet God delivered him him from King Saul and delivered him from all the surrounding armies once Saul was dead he delivered David from violence and David says here I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised I'm saved from my enemies and look at verses 5 and 6 and see that it doesn't hit how relevant the word of God is to our culture today. David said this, For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The Sheol meaning the abode of the dead entangled me. This is the fear of death. The snares of death confronted me. That's confronting a lot of you right now as well. Because even though... For the majority of the people, coronavirus, even if somebody contracts it, it's, it's not fatal. And that's good news to know that even if you contract it, it's not fatal. It still is causing people around the world to panic. And there have been fatalities and there will most likely be uh, many more. Let us pray, though, that the Lord lifts his hand and, and causes a halt to the coronavirus and its spread. But while the fear is here, let us pray that people would turn to the Lord. But David here knew the distress that the fear of death causes when he says that the waves of death encompass me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. Are you tempted at all, brothers and sisters, friends, with fear of death, anxiety over death or sickness Know that God's people throughout all times have faced this temptation and they have found Yahweh to be their rock, their refuge, and their deliverer. And you will find him to be the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. And we see David, what he did in his distress. He says, in my distress, verse 7, I called upon the Lord. To my God I called. From his temple, he heard my voice and my cry came to his ears. David thanks God in the present, flowing out from past mercies he received. The Expositor's Bible Commentary says this, It is quite like David at the conclusion of his military enterprises to cast his eye gratefully over the whole and acknowledge the goodness and mercy that had followed him all along. 
Unlike many, he was as careful to thank God for mercies past and present as to entreat him for mercies to come. Just by way of application to our message this morning in point one, as we pray, brothers and sisters, for mercies to come in the future, let us first thank God and thank God today for mercies past and mercies present. There is much distress over the fear of sickness and death and feeling out of control. What do we need? Do we have enough toilet paper? Do we have enough milk and bread? Panic seems to be everywhere. My wife Shannon and I went to see um, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony down in Philadelphia uh, this past week. As we were traveling to the performance, the performance was canceled due to the coronavirus. But we were able to get dinner together. And by God's grace, Shannon and I were able to share the gospel with our waitress. And our waitress was expressing her fears over not her physical health, but her financial health. She was fearful in her case over her financial security. And we were able to share about Christ and the hope that he offers her if she would repent and believe. And she was also, we were so glad to hear, she said she had come to know the Lord when she was a little girl. And we were so refreshed and encouraged to hear that she was a Christian. She was blessed by her encouragement in Christ. And also the truth that in all of the uncertainties that accompany this life, there is a rock seated on the throne. And our security comes from him. Look at this imagery in in verse 7. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I called upon Yahweh. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice. This temple is the the palace temple where the Lord's throne is. It refers to the same palace temple referred to in Isaiah chapter 6 because the temple had not yet been built here in this context in, in which David wrote this psalm. He is writing about the temple of the Lord in heaven, the one that we will enjoy seeing Christ face to face with forever in heaven, brothers and sisters, as we look to him in faith. This morning, David calls to mind that he is he is seated in his temple, and my cry came before his ears. He is our rock. He is a fortress. He's a refuge. He's a shield. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. Let us put our trust in him this morning. Psalm eleven, verse four, says this: The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. Brothers and sisters, you do not need to be afraid of dying if you have believed in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for your sins. And Hebrews chapter 2, 14 through 18 deals with this fear of death and the imprisonment that the fear of death can be. And how Christ has delivered us from the fear of death. Read along in Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 18 with me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. 
And look at verse 15. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. He delivered all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. There are some of you who are feeling the lifelong slavery of the fear of death in your life right now. Look to Jesus Christ. Remember that he died on the cross for sinners and he rose again from the grave for sinners. And if you put your trust in Jesus this morning, you can be forgiven. You can have eternal life and you can have deliverance from the fear of death. Just like David here in verses 1 through 7. Isn't that good news this morning on this happy Sunday morning? Point two, Yahweh rescued me. Brothers and sisters, Yahweh heard David and he hears us. I love the way David said he heard me. It's personal. He heard me. But God doesn't just hear us and then do nothing. He hears us and he acts in his power. And that's what points two, point two is about. I can't wait to read this section with you. Read again with me verses 8 through 20 as we just marvel at the power of God. Look at what God does when when. David cries out to him. Look at verse 8. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundation of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire came from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him, his canopy, thick clouds, a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice and he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and he routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The the foundation of the world was laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. Now I ask you, Does that sound like something that the coronavirus can stand before and exist in front of when God moves? We are talking about omnipotent power in our rock, in our refuge. And as David says earlier, we take refuge in him. And those who take refuge in Christ take refuge in omnipotent power and in redeeming Love. The Expositor's Bible Commentary also says this, In describing the manifestation of God for his deliverance, David bore in mind and repeated the description of God's descent to earth given in Exodus 19.16. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. But the poetic vigor of David's imagination intensifies the imagery and makes it more grand and startling. Not merely is there an earthquake and the volcano and the storm cloud, but the dim form of the Almighty is present with the smoke of just anger at unrighteousness ascending from his nostrils and the lightnings flashing forth to execute his wrath. That's the pulpit commentary talking about that display of awesome firepower from this awesome rock Yahweh this pre-existent self-existent God the uncreated one unleashes terrible wrath and power 
and he scatters David's enemies. And brothers and sisters, he scatters and destroys our enemies as well. Then he goes into a personal word to close it off in 17 through 20. He goes from the the mountains being rocked and shaken by the thunder and lightning of the Lord to tender words that he sent from on high and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me. See how personal this is. From my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. And all those previous verses say in essence, yes, David, they were too mighty for you, but they were not too mighty for me. David says, they confronted me in the day of my calamity. See, the Bible's honest about days of calamity that come upon us. The Bible's never shy in addressing the things that befall us in this fallen world. But we see our hope In 19b, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. You may feel confined right now, but in salvation, the Lord has brought you out of the most confined of places. We once thought in our past that we had freedom when we had the freedom to sin but in reality we were bound up in shackles and in chains imprisoned awaiting death and judgment from God but instead God rescued us he drew us out of many troubled waters in our souls in our sins with many enemies like Satan and all of his demons who sought to drag us down under the depths together with them. But God would not have it. In his mercy instead, he rent the heavens and he came down. He sent his son Jesus down to die on the cross, to take on flesh, to become subject to all the temptations and weaknesses that befall us in this fallen world, the same temptations to anxiety and fear and unbelief and doubt that all of you and I can face. Jesus faced it all but overcame it and he came down and he died on the cross and he rose again and he came down and it was like lightning from heaven and thunder that shook the earth because he rocked Satan out from his power and destroyed sin and death through his resurrection from the grave and in the midst of it, he reached down and he took hold of you and he took hold of me and he drew us out of the pit. He drew us out of many waters. He rescued you and I from our strong enemy who was too strong for us. Listen, having redeemed you and I out of our sin, beloved, Do you think that the Lord is going to not deliver you out from the afflictions of lesser things like the coronavirus? And I want to be clear here. It doesn't mean that Christians won't get and suffer from the coronavirus. We as Christians suffer just as unbelievers suffer. However, when believers suffer 
They have the joy of knowing that they are joining in the fellowship of sharing in the sufferings of Christ. God himself did not steer himself away from suffering, but embraced it willingly to save us from eternal suffering in hell. He bore the wrath that we deserve on the cross. And so though, yes, indeed, we will suffer afflictions in this fallen world, even as unbelievers do, it's different for us because we've been rescued from the greatest affliction. And the greatest affliction, brothers and sisters, isn't the coronavirus, but it's our sin. And God took care of that greatest affliction by suffering and taking our sin upon himself on the cross. And in doing so, he brought you and I who believed, who have repented and believed in Christ, his son. He has brought us out into a broad place. I love the way the NIV says it. He's brought me out into a spacious place, a plentiful space. And redemption is like a beautiful, spacious and broad place, a broad field to run in. You're no longer imprisoned. You're set free to run. So even in the midst of this culture being bound up with fear, we as believers are filled with the joy of knowing that we are delivered from the fear of death. We are delivered from the bonds and shackles that once imprisoned us was our sin. We are delivered out from the oppression and power of the evil one because Christ has come and has smashed all of our enemies and has set us free from the bonds of sin and death. And he's delivered us from his very own judgment by pouring out that judgment on his son Jesus instead of us. Now, is that not good news for weary souls this morning? He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. How good has God been? I was thinking of uh, the movie Beauty and the Beast, and I was thinking of one of my favorite scenes in that movie is uh, when the wolves are closing in on Princess Belle. It's scary because the wolves are too strong for her. They're going to attack her. They're going to kill her and her beloved horse. But her prince, who was the beast, comes to her support and rescues her just in the nick of time, killing and driving off all the wolves and all the enemies and bloodies himself up in the process so that his future bride might be saved. We have been redeemed and saved from hands too strong for us by the shed blood of our beloved prince who laid down his life for us, his church, his bride. He laid down his life for you, beloved. Take heart and take comfort. Remember what Jesus said in John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Be encouraged and comforted this morning that Christ loves you. Yahweh has not only heard you, Yahweh has rescued you. Enjoy the salvation of the Lord on this Lord's day.
and let us be at peace. Amen. Amen. Tom, if you could come back and lead us in worship with O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, and then we'll close in prayer. God bless you, church. We all love you. Let's pray together. Thank you, almighty God, for sending from on high and taking me, taking us. Thank you for drawing us out of many waters. Thank you for rescuing me from my strong enemy. Thank you for rescuing me from those who hated me. Thank you for rescuing me from those who were too mighty for me. Lord, they did confront us in the day of our calamity. But you have been our support, just as you were the support of King David. You have been our support. You brought each of us in our church who have believed in you out into a broad place. And we want to thank you. A spacious place of plentiful redemption, of forgiveness of sins, of deliverance from all affliction that sin caused. Lord, we would have suffered and gone to hell forever had you not sent your son to die on the cross in our place and receive in his body the wrath that we deserve Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die, Father, as our substitute to deliver us from sin and Satan and death. Thank you for rescuing us, Father. Thank you for delighting in us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember as you go forth today that... He has rescued you, beloved. Those of you who have repented and trusted in Jesus, he has rescued you because he has delighted in you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.